Welcome into NSN Daily. Happy Monday. Happy May 4th. And uh, the nerd in me will come out May 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. So uh, Alex Margulies, Chris Murray, uh, and uh, Anthony Resnick uh, at the controls of this one today. Uh, we're going to go through the beer bong field just a little bit uh, more as we finally kind of Alex has been doing the, the hard work on this, and that's trying to herd the cats that are these <laughs> former athletes and get them scheduled on who can face off against who at what time. Uh, we're going to go through the, the the GOAT bracket. This is an interesting matchup this week. Eric Musselman, not this week, today. Eric Musselman versus Brock Marion, and the voting has been right down in the middle so far. Uh, Bill Best, Nevada's new offensive line coach, is going to join us here on the show, as will Brent Richards with uh, Reno 1868. And Jenna Holland is going to join us for Holland's Holidays. It's her feature that she's been adding to our website as well. And uh, we're going to look back on the life and career of Don Shula, who has passed away at the age of 90. Uh, guys, what happened over the weekend? Chris, you doing anything fun? No, we were waiting for a trampoline to be delivered. Uh, it's running late. Uh, Amazon sent us to note, so it was supposed to be our last Friday. So I was going to spend two or three hours doing that. Wasn't able to do that, but they did open the tennis court. So we got to get some tennis in. That was pretty enjoyable. It was pretty windy out in our neck of the woods. But uh, we got out a little bit, just walked around. We didn't really leave uh, our house at all. So just hung out in the backyard and played some puzzles, played some video games, and uh, watched a couple movies. Wait a second. Wait a second. Amazon says it's delayed, sent you a note. Didn't? didn't you order toilet paper and you got saran wrap instead uh yeah so that one wasn't from amazon so oh, i can't blame okay. them on that one that one was okay. a different i'm like i'm like dude you order a trampoline you're gonna get a bulldozer what are you, <laughs> who knows what you're gonna get we'll see we'll see what package uh ends up showing up but yeah once once the trampoline arrives that will be my duty as a dad is to spend two or three hours trying to put that thing together yeah i didn't get out of the house much this weekend i was lazy we watched movies we cooked uh alex you doing anything fun yeah, you know, is uh, just enjoying time outside. Uh, fired up the the Traeger and, and did some smoking. You know, got uh, some some big tri tips and and uh, roasted those guys up with some corn and, and just kind of enjoyed, you know, the the beautiful weather that we've been having. Uh, unfortunately, I, I have a physical ailment that has uh, precluded me from playing golf, uh, which was disappointing. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited to get out there, and I live right behind a golf course, so I was. Uh, listening to the people kind of cheering and as they were making their putts and doing all that. So it was really cool to kind of get some life back to the area a little bit and just see people enjoying themselves, getting out and, and, and really enjoying the outdoors. And, and even if I can't do it, it was great to just kind of see other people getting out and, and having a good time. Yeah, and, and I hope people are taking advantage of it, but at the same time being safe uh, through through what we're doing here. Uh, you got to be safe. Uh, made the mistake. We did make the mistake of of trying to go to, go to a local uh, large outlet grocery and um i'll just say store over the weekend and that was a terrible decision half the people were in mask hat the people were not wearing masks walking around it's just i i need to do that on a tuesday at, at like two in the morning uh let's get into this goat bracket as we continue to go through the greatest of all time when it comes to our areas athletes and coaches eric musselman versus brock marion now chris how much of this is positive Brock Marion people or anti-must people voting for Brock Marion? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Brock Marion is, is certainly deserves votes on his own accord. I mean, he was yeah. a tremendous football player. So a four-year starter at Nevada during some of the Nevada's best teams ever from 1989 to 1992. They won three uh, conference championships. They were the number one team in the nation almost his entire junior season, his sophomore season. They get to Division One AA championship game. So a lot of team success, but also a ton of individual success. A three-time uh, all-conference first team pick, and then he goes to the NFL. He plays 12 seasons in the NFL. He's a three-time pro bowler. He wins two Super Bowls. 
with the Cowboys. Uh, he's the Wolfpack's all-time leader in interceptions and tackles and defensive touchdowns at the NFL level. So uh, I think these matchups are going to be a lot more fun over the next couple of weeks because, you know, we went one through 16, two against 15. Now we're in the six seed versus the 11 seed. So I think you're going to see a lot closer votes at this point. On the other side, Eric Musselman, yeah, people might have some ill feelings about the way he left Nevada, but what he did during his four years here was historic, 110 wins over four years. He won four Mountain West tournament championships. He got Nevada all the way up to a program best number five in the national rankings, uh, three NCAA tournaments, a Sweet 16 berth. Um, he did a ton of great stuff as well. I do think Brock is probably going to eke it out because I think some people are still a little bit bitter about Eric Musselman right now. The vote is nearly 50-50 with a lot of votes coming in. So it'll be fun to see who wins this one and who wins some of these matchups moving forward as we get into a little bit closer uh, seedings. Alex, where do you land on this bracket? Brock Marion versus Eric Musselman. I agree with Chris. I think this is a really intriguing one because you have someone in Marion who not only was a great player at Nevada, but has that name recognition of playing a long time in the NFL and, and had a great career playing in the league. And then Eric Musselman, who while he was here, engineered uh, one of the most incredible turnarounds for, for a, a, a franchise, for a program, you know, in school history and, and, and put this uh, basketball team back on the map. But then, you know, the way that he left, you know, kind of left some people a little bit sour with, with kind of how he took off for Arkansas. And it would not necessarily the way that uh, because he left for Arkansas, but just the, some of the things that kind of transpired as he was leaving. Um, but it, obviously a guy that deserves a ton of respect in terms of what he did for Nevada. I think a lot of people will remember him for that versus the other things. But I think like Brian said, are there going to be some people, maybe they're going to vote for Marion if they are kind of more split because of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised maybe for Marion to, 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 to eke that one out just, just slightly, uh, but I think this is definitely going to be one to watch. Yeah, I, I got sucked into our, our, our sister station, Fox 11, yesterday, ran the 1995 NFC title game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. So you've got Aikman versus Favre and uh, just incredible, incredible names on both sides and Brock Marion's right in the middle of this. And really kind of watching and analyzing, because in 1995, I'm still in college. I mean, I'm not even analyzing games. I'm just rooting for a team or against a team, probably. And to watch Brock Marion have such a nose for the football, I ended up clicking my vote for Brock Marion. Because I think just his extensive uh, just time in the league, time here in Northern Nevada, uh, that was my, my, uh, my nudge is, is, is Brock Marion. Uh, Chris, who do we have come up, coming up tomorrow? I actually don't know. Let me look it up real quick. So I actually keep it kind of a secret for myself because I like oh. I get very excited <laughs> when I write these things up. Yeah. Um, but it is easy to find. So we have Brianne McGowan, uh, probably the best softball player in Northern Nevada's history, won four state titles with Booster, All-American uh, at Oregon State. And she will be taking on uh, Sheree Zhang. So a uh, multiple-time NCAA champion diver for the Wolfpack. Um, so that should be a fun matchup. I think Brianne probably wins because her name recognition is a little bit better. But there have been very few NCAA champs in the Wolfpack's history. Uh, and Sheree will be going up against Brianne. That's going to be a tough one for Sheree because I think I think Brianne may win that one. The landslide. She's now an assistant coach with the uh, University of Nevada softball program uh, with Josh Taylor. Uh, coming up next year on NSN Daily, Bill Best, the new offensive line coach, will join us here on the show. What are his strategies when it comes to leading the union of the silver and blue? That and much more coming up on NSN Daily. Welcome back into NSN Daily. I keep saying it, uh, this quarantine, it's been a pain in the butt, but uh, we've been really able to get to know the new coaching staff at the University of Nevada, the, the new faces that have come in and fill in some pretty big shoes. A good friend of ours was Angus McClure, 
who's moved on to Cal. But uh, Bill Best joining us now, new offensive line coach, University of Nevada. Uh, coach, uh, welcome to Northern Nevada via uh, Monroe, Louisiana, your hometown. Uh, what's it been like, the transition? Man, it's been really good, you know, and uh, it's funny to hear Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, I go back there because my mom lives there now, but, you know, I actually call call Texas home now. I've been I've spent almost half my life in Texas, and, right. uh, you know, a true Texan probably wouldn't uh, – wouldn't sign off on that. You have to be born in Texas to claim it, but uh, I feel like I'm part of it. And uh, we've lived, we've been living in East Texas and Houston the last uh, well for a while. My wife's from West Texas, so moving from Houston to here has been just a blessing in a lot of ways. Number one, the humidity. There's no humidity here, right. which I love that. And uh, and the other thing on top of it, there's no traffic. Yeah. And uh, my first day at work here, I was I was living with Coach Mummy in his house with his wife and him, and I uh, I was still living on Central Central Standard Time. And uh, I woke up. I'm an early riser, and it was about 4:30 in the morning here. And I woke up like I was late, and I merged on the I-80, and I was looking for a fight to cut somebody off because I'm used to I-45 every day. And before I knew it, I was at the office in about eight minutes. It was it was really cool. So we're we're loving the outdoors and everything Reno has to offer. You inherit probably the most renowned position group at Nevada. I mean, the union, that, that uh, moniker dates back to the 1980s. What have you learned so much uh, so far about the union, and, and what does that kind of mean to you to, to understand what you're stepping into with decades of, of great history? Yeah, so, you know, I, I've known about the union a long time. Being an old lineman, I've been an old lineman since, like, third grade. You know, I've never, I've never caught a pass in my life other than fighting in the yard. So I've been an old line meathead my whole life, and and uh, – you know, I'm, I'm into offensive line uh, trends and studying and just, just know a lot about it. And I knew about the union back in like the, the late 90s, you know, when I was a player. And uh, I've always thought it was really cool. And, you know, I know the tradition. I've met, uh, you know, Mike Edwards around here, a former player. He, he's – I've been fishing with him and learned about the union and just a brotherhood. And that's what really offensive line play is all about. I think you got to get guys to play hard for you. And to have a group of guys, alumni – that are so willing to come back and invest in these young men we have here. Uh, it's really easier to recruit guys to that, the, the, the future union members. And I think it's so special. And we're, we're looking forward. These, these guys were young last year in a lot of in our cases, and but we're trying to up our level of play. And it's time for these guys to step up. And I think we're going to make the union proud this year. Nevada's new offensive line coach, Bill Best, joining us here on NSN Daily. Uh, coach, we've been able to talk with a couple of guys that are from the South. They're pretty banks that joined us. We've talked with Ronnie Wheat on this show. What was it like for you? You're bringing your family out here. What was it like for you on that flight in? When Because so many people have a, 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 a mis, maybe a misconception of Northern Nevada and Reno, especially when you're flying in and you, you see Lake Tahoe and you see the mountains, the snow on the mountains. What was it like for you? Well, I got to tell you, I drove this sucker first, and uh, I drove from Houston and uh, had some stops, and, and I actually recruited along the way. I'd never seen Reno in my life, and, and uh, Lucas Gauthier, they sent me some, uh, I say Gauthier because I'm from Louisiana originally, but it's Gauthier, he likes to go, by. I have to spice it up. But uh, they sent me a box of uh, Nevada gear in my doorstep, and I recruited Houston for a week, and then I drove up, and uh that was that was kind of cool. I like driving. I've never been to Afghanistan, but I feel like I have driving here from from that that play that town down south, to Reno. It's a little different. <laughs> but when I did get to fly in here to see Lake Tahoe, was just just breathtaking. I mean, 
people told me how nice it was and you just don't understand it until you see it for the first time. And it is just one of the most beautiful places on earth. So we, we, uh, my kids get to see it. We're, we're going tomorrow actually to go hang out again out there. So we love it. We love it. And you get here and you're probably super excited for spring football and you got all these returning starters back and you want to get out there. What are some of the challenges just trying to teach your scheme, your system without having kind of a spring camp to do that? Yeah. You know, the, Changing things up uh, just to, to match my terminology with and Coach Norvell wanted me to do that, to bring in my language of how I, my teaching progression. And, and, and to be honest with you, the mental part of that has been really good on these Zoom meetings. You're able to cover so much more in detail and slow down and really build it from the ground up. So that part has been really good. However, you know, you play offensive line by smashing people. And, uh, you know, you can't really smash anything right now with uh, these guys. So that, that's a challenge. And, uh, but we're able to get mental reps, a lot of really good mental reps and study great people, elite people do it in the NFL and colleges and everything and guys that I've coached before. And uh, that part's been really good. But I can't wait to get on the grass with these guys and start coaching them. And I know they're ready too. How tough has that been for you, Coach, not being able to – as coaches say, get your hands on your guys. I mean, the Zoom meetings, we can do so much. And I think a lot of older coaches are really kind of evolving and adjusting and understanding that this is a great tool to have. But until you can get a guy out there and look at his, his footwork, look at his hips, where is he looking, where are his hands, how tough has that been for you? It really is. It really is tough. Uh, but you know what? That's the, that's the thing we're dealt with right now. We're, we're dealing, every, everyone's got the same thing. And I got this motto that I live by. I don't know if you can see my coffee cup here, but I'm a no palms up guy. And I love this quote. It's got my coffee saying, blame no one, expect nothing, do something. Bill Parcells. I, I live by that. I teach my kids at home that way. And you can see I got my little monogram nice. right there. So, you know what? I don't spend a lot of time thinking about what we can't control. No one can get their guys right now. So we're going to be the best at what we can be at right now. And that's Zoom meetings and being mental. And uh, you know what? I've, I'm confident in my ability to coach these guys when we do get on the grass and we're going to hit the ground running. And we're going to be way ahead because, like you said, a lot of coaches, uh, I think our staff has got a really good mix of experience and young and old. And uh, we embrace technology here. And I think we're going to get way, way ahead of a lot of teams right now and take advantage of this time that we've had. And that's really going to be the case uh, when the season does get to be played, you know, who took the most advantage of this time? And technology is the key right now. And I think we're doing an incredible job as our staff doing that right now. I must say, I'm super impressed just with your voice. It seems like you've done voiceover <laughs> work. I mean, that is a – What? I, I think you take the, the – so Tommy Perry, the old special teams coach who went to mm -hmm. Texas San Antonio in the offseason, had the best voice on the staff. But yeah. I'm giving you the best voice on the staff. I sit out at every practice oh. and I hear all the voices. Oh. You are the voice. I have – I have never heard that in my life, been told that in my life. I, I know I have a face made for the radio, but now that you're telling me I got a great voice, that makes me feel really good. I think uh, you could be a country singer. I, I could see it. I, you know, I agree with that. I think I, I, I do – on that drive out here, I did a lot of that now in the car. No one heard me, but I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty good at George Strait. I can tell you that. So. You know, uh, Chris, we're already starting a feud between him and Thomas Sheffield because, you know, Thomas, a wrestling guy, and he he was in here talking about how he wanted to take on the rock and do that sort of thing. So we're already starting a feud. Hey, 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 hey. I got, I got news for Seth. Don't talk about it, be about it. I'd love to see him wrestle the rock. I'd love to see that. 
we're gonna have to have a pay-per-view right here on NSN. What was the attraction of this job for you, Coach? Uh, when you found out, I mean, Nevada had had a a good amount of openings this off season. What was the attraction of coming out west? Well, I've got to tell you a, a lot of things. Number one, I knew I knew Coach Mummy. Matt Mummy and I have ran in the same circles. Never worked together, but I know his dad, and I know Coach Miller, Mason Miller, that was here before. We're we've been friends for over 15 years, and I've been in that same system. Uh, that was number one, the main attraction. Number two was the attraction was, you know, I number one thing in my life is my family. And, uh, you know, I was working at Rice University, and one of my good friends, Mike Gluger, is the head coach, used to be at Stanford, and he was all about family. My kid set my position meetings on Saturdays. It was awesome. So I didn't want to give that up. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that this place I was coming you know, the head coach believed in that as well. And uh, here, Coach Norvell's got a big background in the air raid and in the West Coast system that I was in at Rice. And our backgrounds really matched. And he's a great person. And I had no problem moving my family, you know, 16, 17, whatever, 23 hours away from Houston to move them out here uh, to be a part of something like that. And I think we're on to something really special. So Matt Mummy, number one. Number two, getting to know Coach Norvell and what a reputation he has across college football. Just a great person and a tremendous football coach. I'm blessed to be here, to be honest with you. I'm, it's the best job I've ever had, and I want to make it better. If I if I ever do leave here, I want to leave it better than I found it. Texas famous for its barbecue. Have you found anything in uh, Northern Nevada yet that that rivals anything that you had in Texas? Uh, I'm I'm uh I'm I'm pretty critical of food being an old line guy. I'll be honest with you. Uh, so I was, I came in with a poor attitude about barbecue here, but I've been to a couple places and there are two, uh, brothers barbecue is, brothers. is, is, is legit, yep. is legit. And, uh, uh, what's the other one? The butchers, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on local, uh, butchers, butchers uh, butchers kitchen. I've, butchers I've been kitchen. there. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty dang good. Uh, it rivals, it rivals all the Pinkertons and uh, all those, you know, places down in Houston. So, uh, I'm fired up about that. Coach Bill Best, we appreciate your time. Thanks very much for being with us. A new offensive line coach leading the union at the University of Nevada. Stay safe. Can't wait to meet you and your family in person. But uh, for now, uh, good luck, and we'll, uh, we'll see you down the line. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks very much. We'll have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Alex Margulies and Julian Delgadio joined by Brent Richards, Reno 1868 defender, hanging out right now at his parents' house in Washington State, uh, just outside of Portland. Brent, uh, how are you holding up, man? Uh, doing all right. I've been home for a little over a month now, and it's actually been really nice to be with my parents. And it's comfortable here. I can get outside. They've got a, a yard. So I'm not confined to indoors 24 hours a day. So it, it's actually been all right over here. I mean, obviously, this has to be the first time soccer has been taken away from you this time of year and, you know, just the grind of it all. How have you kind of reflected on just, you know, what the sports meant to you and now that it, you know, isn't there anymore? How are you kind of coping with that? Yeah, it's definitely unfamiliar and it's disappointing for sure, I think, for all of the guys because we came in, we did a full preseason, we got one game under our belt and we were going to be playing and then it all gets taken away, obviously, for understandable reasons, but it's disappointing for sure and Obviously, we want to get back to playing as soon as possible, but we also want to do it safely. So we all understand, and it, it's a bummer, but we understand that there are people that are struggling way more than us right now. And it's sports are fun, and they're great, and they're, 
they're important to so many people and us included, but it's our, the public safety is the thing that matters most at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, is there a part of you that's kind of maybe takes soccer a little bit more or less for granted maybe that you maybe you took it for granted before and now it's like you really kind of relish the opportunity to go out there and be with your team and play and, and get to do all the things that you guys get to do on a normal daily basis? Yeah, for sure. I think everybody's missing it. And I, I love being around the guys every day and training every day. So we've missed it from the, the get-go. Once training and games got delayed, then we're like, yeah, we, we, we want to be out there as much as possible. But I kind of was thinking about even before the the quarantine happened. So it's it's like, oh, shoot, that wasn't very fun. That really was hard on my body or we were lost today and it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And then I've been trying to tell myself that even on those hard days, and especially more now when I'm not getting to play, it's like, I've got to really, really value the time right now and the fact that I can do it. So yeah, it's definitely, I've definitely been thinking a lot more about it now since I can't do it at all. So yeah, it's, it's made me reflect on how important the game is to me for sure. You know, kind of stepping away from the pitch, uh, what have you been, like, have you picked up any new hobbies? Is, is there anything that you're doing that's really kind of helped pass the time a little bit quicker and uh, that, that you just never really had an opportunity to try? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're still doing our workouts on a daily basis. Our strength coach sends us up, so that keeps me busy for most of first half of the day. And then in the afternoons, my dad and I, for a little while, we, we built a greenhouse together. He's a carpenter, and so I helped him do that a little bit. He did most of the work, honestly. It was me more learning about the process and that. And I've done a few other little projects here and there. I built my mom a little gardening stool out of some old scrap plywood, and that was kind of fun. But I hadn't done a whole lot of reading up until now. And then this last week, a few friends and I decided, hey, let's read a book together. And let's read a book, and then let's get on a Zoom call. and a little, little Zoom book club? It. Yeah, I hadn't been in a book club in a few years, but it's always something I really like. So this is something that a way that I can take up some time, something sort of productive, and then also enjoyable that I get to do it with friends. Even what what book you go with? Um, reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest right now, and I've seen the movie years ago and enjoyed it. And it's one of my dad's favorite books, and so he was saying he'd been wanting me to read it for a long time, and so I'm I'm getting it done now, and I'm really enjoying it so far. All right, so speaking of movies, Julian did a review last week on The Road, which is kind of a, an apocalyptic movie. He's been watching a lot of disaster movies mm -hmm. uh, during, during quarantine, like Contagion. I think he's watched Outbreak. Everything. Everything. Have you been – I've actually been kind of recommending maybe you know, scaling that back a little bit, but uh, yeah. what have you kind of been diving into? I thought about it. I actually read, I don't know if you're familiar with Station Eleven. It's another post-apocalyptic book that came out several years ago. It was one of my book club books. And I was kind of proposed it back to my old book club. Like, hey, should we be reading this again right now? And I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to go down that, that road. And then I also, I, I read The Road, I think it was last year or the year before. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to revisit that right now. So I feel like I'm getting enough of, obviously not to that extent, but I'm getting enough of that in my daily life discussion that I, I don't need to delve into that in my reading life right now. You know, I only delve into the road. I, I recommended that movie to like 10 people and I, I only watched it once. I never wanted to see it again. So I can only imagine the book being like a magnified version of just like how depressing and how realistic it, it all kind of played out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm diving into comedies. We watched Space Jam last night. So that's, that was a nice. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I watched that one with a few friends. We all started at the same time last week after, 
after watching the last dance, it's like, oh yeah, I got to watch Space Jam again, right? So. Makes total sense. Why not? What a great documentary too to be released right now. Like that's, I mean, as an athlete to, to be motivated by, you know, something that Michael Jordan does, you know, greatest of all time kind of guy. I mean, it just makes you miss sports so much more, right? Like that's, at least that's what it did for me. Absolutely. And that's, I kind of like before it came out, I think several of the guys on the team are watching it, but I just kind of sent the, the trailer to the other guys that maybe hadn't seen the trailer for it before and it's like hey it's i know we're we're all missing sports right now we probably all got a lot of time on our hands but if we want to watch something that can actually we can actually learn from like one of the greatest teams of all time the greatest one of the greatest basketball players if not if not the greatest it's something that we could all sort of watch together you don't have to obviously but if we want to talk about it afterwards you can probably learn something from it so it's definitely something that i'm learning from and it's been a grind going through the workouts all by yourself and this time off right now but it's the way that his mentality of approaching the game and his work rate and that's something that's definitely re-inspiring me and keeping me keeping me honest right now Brent uh, before this all went down you guys were getting set to start the season had played your first match you're the, the elder statesman at this point on the team and no one has played more games in Reno 1868 history you've been here since the very beginning is that something you you kind of take pride in it at this point as a leader as somebody that's like really been through uh everything with this franchise so far yeah absolutely and I think that it's been a learning process for me too I only became the captain last year and this year is also a little bit up in the air I mean I've, I didn't start the, the first game this season this year but I do feel like I am one of the leaders and I need to embrace that role and it's been fun for sure. And I've, I've liked it a lot, but it's definitely a learning experience too. There's things like, Oh, how do I approach this situation with, with this player? How can I get the best out of this teammate of mine or, or things like that. And so I'm definitely putting a whole lot more thought into how I approach different situations in the team for sure. What do you miss most about just playing there? I mean, it's, it's great. Like, I, love, I love the guys. I love being around the guys every day and joking around in the locker room. But I also love competing. I like everybody on the team, be at this level, you have to be a competitive guy. And so I'm not getting a whole lot of that right now being at home. But one of our assistants, Chris Malinab, has sent us weekly little online games that we can try and compete with just completely unrelated to soccer, but just to keep a, a little fun competitive aspect to it. So that's been kind of fun. Brian, it's good catching up with you, man. Uh, hang tight up there. Hopefully we can get a season going here in the next month or two. Stay safe. And it was great catching up with you, man. All righty. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Stay safe. All right. We'll have more of NSN Daily coming up just after a quick break. Welcome back into NSN Daily, our entire Nevada Sportsnet team uh, uh, stepping up and trying to contribute a lot more to our website and create more content. And one of those new features, Holland Holidays and our producer, who's usually behind the scenes, uh, very talented and just the light, the light of our team, Jenna Holland, joining us here right now. And uh, if we can interrupt it by Jenna's cat, don't uh, don't be alarmed. It's the cat is actually not as big as it will look on the screen. But uh, uh, Jenna, when when we came in up with this idea and you came up with this idea, what was the inspiration behind it? Because if people that know you know you just love to travel. I do. Um, I guess I can definitely blame my parents for the travel bug. Uh, growing up, we moved across about like six different Southern states um, and finally ended up in Georgia. Uh, and my parents took me to Europe on, I think it was my seventh grade uh, spring break where all my friends were at the beach and like me being 
as you know, 13 year old, I was like, why can't I be on the beach with my friends? And my parents were like, we're going to Europe. Um, so I definitely didn't kind of grasp the travel aspect and like learning new cultures and stuff like that until they actually did take me on those trips. Um, so I definitely have them to blame for my travel bug and kind of uh, being able to see Europe at a young age and been really fortunate to do that with them. <laughs> so your first two that you've written about is going to Ireland and going to Greece. And maybe my favorite thing about your articles is that they're not very smooth. Uh, it seems like you don't get to see a lot of the things that you're trying to see. Um, I guess, what are, what are your tips for people to avoid some of the mishaps that you run into when you do go on your trips? Gosh, I think my friend Lauren and I, she's like the famous one that's in all my travel stories. We get so excited to go on these trips. I can't wait to do this. We know the things that you're supposed to see, but we don't necessarily research them enough when you're supposed to go see them, like what time of the year or kind of what's going on in the culture where you can't wait to see you know, the Cliffs of Moore, or we can't wait to see this famous library that everybody talks about. We just kind of expect it to be there and be open. It just never turns out that way. <laughs> like, it's honestly comical. You would think after Greece, because even in Greece, we totally messed up the whole trip where we should have taken a flight to Santorini. Instead, we were on a nine-hour boat ride that was just so, it was almost like a hurricane was coming through the Greek islands, and we were just on this boat for nine hours, and uh, Lauren would not stop telling me how miserable it was. And I was like, I understand that how miserable it is, you know? Um, so my advice to everybody would be, it's not always going to be there and it's not always going to be open. So make sure you research the best times to go, um, to these locations because, you know, maybe the holiday season isn't the best time to go to a college campus that is probably closed just as much as everything else. <laughs> Nevada Sportsnet producer Jenna Holland joining us talking about uh, her feature that you can catch on NevadaSportsnet.com, Holland Holidays. Uh, what's coming up this week? You're staying a little closer. You're staying uh, stateside and actually in Las Vegas. I am. So I'm talking about the Life is Beautiful Music Festival uh, down in Las Vegas. It's uh, on the kind of shut off half of Fremont Street. I think it's 18 blocks long. My friends and I, so like I mentioned earlier, I've moved all over the country. I started in Georgia, played softball in Texas, and then now I'm out here in Nevada. Um, so along my way, I've had a couple people that really stand out in my life and that like, I've really cherished the friendships with them. And Lauren's that person in Atlanta or in Texas. And then my best friend, Taylor, my childhood best friend from Atlanta. So we try to always plan something once a year that we can like kind of dedicate to our friendship and kind of like, whether it's a trip, but most recently in the past couple of years, it's been like a music festival. Um, because there's nothing really more special than to kind of listen to music that I think is a universal language okay. first day and making his debut on <laughs> anything daily um but yeah so this year we tried something new we usually hang, do hangout fest which is uh, a little bit more closer to home it's down in gulf shores alabama uh last year we were able to kind of hang out at life is beautiful and i've never been to a festival that has so many different aspects to it the art it's like they planned out every single detail to like what's on a light post you know, there's some type of art that someone made locally that has like some cool saying on it or some like motivational thing. And then you turn the corner and they painted the entire building with some cool art. So it's just kind of overwhelming, but the coolest place to be and has the best food. Obviously the music is great. Um, and they even have like a comedy club that I thought was really cool because I've never been to a festival that you can kind of go inside and like enjoy a drink and like have some air condition and then enjoy some of the people from Saturday Night Live are there. Like It's just really cool atmosphere. So I'm kind of excited to um, tell our experience. There's not as many mishaps in this story. However, we didn't realize there was an entire separate stage until day three. So that is kind of one of our only mishap uh, that we found. I don't know how that was even possible, but it was. 
So it's been fun to tell. Obviously right now we can't fly around, we can't travel, I guess. Where do you want to go to as soon as we get the green light to be able to kind of get back on an airplane and leave the United States again? So Lauren and I, we probably talk about this every day and she'll send me a new location. Um, we kind of want to go, we definitely want to go to Peru, do a lot of hiking and a lot of the trails there, the Inca Trail, all that kind of stuff. But I also want to go visit Turkey, which is probably not someone's like ideal spot to visit. But they have like these really famous balloon, really air, hot air balloon races. Scenery is just beautiful. And they have like the most beautiful churches, temples their culture has. Um, beach wise, I definitely want to go to Bali um, and kind of like experience that culture. I've heard amazing things and maybe Thailand. So uh, hopefully those stories will be coming up a little bit. All right, I'll pose the question to both of you, and we'll start with Jenna. A uh, place that you have been that if somebody goes, where's your favorite place on earth? And I mean, you, you can't be eating a home-cooked meal on mom and, mom and dad's couch. You can't be that. What is your place, Jenna? Um, mine's going to have to go with Bora Bora. Um, I've actually been there. I went there for my senior trip with my mom. We stayed on one of the little island huts at the end, and I've just never seen such blue crystal clear water in my entire life and it's definitely an experience that I will eventually write about um and definitely just the most peaceful I can't really put it into words it's breathtaking so I can't I can't wait to show those pictures with everybody but that's definitely my uh, happy place I guess I could say Chris what do you got uh, I'm going to go with Switzerland. Uh, so when I graduated from graduate school, I went with my brother on a, a backpacking trip through Europe for, I think, five or six weeks. And we were able to go to a lot of cool places. I mean, we went to Italy, we went to Rome, uh, we went to Paris and France, we went to uh, Spain uh, in Barcelona, we went to London, but we took a separate trip the year after to go to Switzerland. And it is just such a magical uh, and mystical place. I mean, it's when you take like a picture and you're like, this picture doesn't even sum up what I'm seeing. Like it's impossible to sum up how beautiful Switzerland is. Uh, it's obviously snow-capped mountains and it's, it's just, the, the mountains there are ridiculous. I mean, we have great mountains here, but they don't measure up to what you see in Switzerland. It's just such a beautiful place. Um, I was able to go with my brother and my sister on that trip. So maybe that, that helped that it was, you know, just, not just me and my brother, like it was for the first trip. So I'm not as well traveled as Jenna, but the one place that, you know, I could actually envision myself living at one point would be Switzerland, just because the people were so nice. The environment was so nice. Everybody was so friendly that it just felt like you belong there, even though you were a tourist in their land. I have to go with Seven Mile Beach and Grand Cayman. Uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, I, I'm a parrot head at heart and I've got to get to where Jimmy Buffett would hang out. And, you know, if I, I can put my feet in the sand and maybe go fishing in the afternoon and, uh, and get in the water, that that's definitely it, it for me. Um, Jenny, so many of these places are exotic. Give me something in the, in the continental U S that, that you you've traveled to and go, you know what? I didn't expect this. It was a surprise. Oh gosh. You know, I, I would say Colorado I in the summertime because I think everyone really hypes up Breckenridge and like the skiing aspect and stuff like that. But um, softball is really uh, popular in Colorado in the summer. We have a lot of like the bigger um, camps where like college coaches can come see you and things like that. So we were able to kind of do a lot of um, river rafting uh, through the mountains and stuff like that. And I think that it's really underrated with the beauty of the mountains and stuff, even without the snow capped. Um, so I would say that, but then I think another, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the South. So I'm going to throw in Florida because I love Florida. I love Gulf Shores. Um, Gulf Shores is actually in Alabama, but 
Gulf Shores is the beautiful white sand beaches. The locals are amazing. The food's amazing. You get all the seafood in the world. I'm a big seafood girl. So I would say definitely Gulf Shores. If you haven't heard of it, definitely check it out. It's um, on the Gulf Coast, right near Florida, near Pensacola area. Uh, but it's definitely underrated for sure. All right, Jenna Holland, our Nevada Sportsnet producer. Usually we catch your talents behind the scenes, but now joining us <laughs> on the show, you can check out uh, Holland Holidays on NevadaSportsnet.com. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you for having me. All right, coming up next year on NSN Daily, the sports world is mourning the death of a legend, maybe the greatest of all time, the passing of Don Shula. We'll look back on his career and legacy when we come back. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Uh, the NFL and sports world uh, mourning the passing of, of truly one of the greatest of all time. Uh, uh, the all-time winningest coach in NFL history, Don Shula, has passed away at the age uh, of 90. I mean, everybody thinks about the perfect season, guys. You think about that that perfect year that he led the Miami Dolphins, and, and, and you're talking about so many records that he has. I mean, 328 wins over 33 seasons, 33 seasons of being a head coach Alex you can't even put that it's tough to just fathom that and he had Hall of Fame hair too I mean oh, and inc perfect. just incredibly perfect hair even as he got older uh you know I spent a good chunk of my life in Florida as some of you guys know and and Don Shula was an absolute icon there um he had his own steakhouse uh in, in several locations around the state actually it was really really good um and he was just one of those people that just had this magnanimous personality and aura about himself I mean the the 1972 Dolphins you know that still stands today and it's it's an iconic deal and and um it's wild it's wild to to, to see someone like that go and and uh, you're right I mean what an impact on the game of football and and again in that state uh you know one of the most recognizable sports figures ever Chris how will you remember Don Shula yeah, I mean, it is that undefeated season, but beyond that, I mean, this is a guy who coached a team to a Super Bowl six times and won two of them. I think the most impressive thing beyond just the pure number of wins is he was an NFL head coach for 33 seasons, and he only had two losing seasons. Like, that is remarkable that he always put a good team on the field. He always got the most out of his guys, and not every coach can say that. And, uh, you know, a couple of fun facts about him. He actually played with Marion Motley uh, with the Cleveland Browns. So he was a member of the Browns in 1951 and 52 with Marion Motley, the former Nevada alum who was a pro football Hall of Famer as well. Those guys got Cleveland to back-to-back -to -back NFL championship games. Uh, Don Shula was actually a very, very good player. He was a defensive back and, uh, you know, was a Pro Bowl-level player uh, as a player as well as a coach. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you grow up and he's one of those iconic coaches he's certainly in the Mount Rushmore of Miami sports with guys like Dwayne Wade and uh, Dan Marino I mean just one of the best coaches in the history of sports no matter college pros NFL MLB NHL like he is just one of those guys that will always be remembered for as good of a coach as he was so um, yeah that undefeated season stands out but just uh, you know a phenomenal coach and uh, you know I just remember watching him when I was young because I was a Bills fan and, and we would always go up against the Dolphins and you always knew they were going to give you quite a game. Yeah, I, I think the, you talk about the perfect season, and that's something that can be replicated. I don't know that anyone will ever coach for 20 years as a head coach in the NFL, let, or, let alone 33 years. To have that type of longevity in the National Football League or any professional level is just absolutely unheard of. I mean, it, it's just that's something that I don't know. I don't know anybody could ever could ever reach that type of a number ever again. The only other 
former NFL coach to reach over 300 victories, George Hallis. So uh, Don Shula at 90 years old uh, passes away and leaves behind an immense, immense legacy. We'll uh, wrap things up right here on NSN Daily right after the break. Wrapping things up here on a Monday, May 4th on NSN Daily. Thank you to Brent Richards with the Reno 1868 FC for coming on the show. Bill Best, new leader of the union, offensive line coach at the University of Nevada. Um, and Jenna Holland, our own talented producer from behind the scenes, stepping out in front of the camera and telling us about her travels. Uh, Alex, I posed the question to Jenna and to Chris. Now you being a traveler as well, where's the first place you want to go if Everything was over tomorrow. We're back. We're back and running. Where are you jumping on a plane to go? I laugh because like Jenna, it's something I've been thinking about pretty much on a daily basis and kind of scouring flights. There's actually a lot of really cheap flights right now. Um, but of course, there's a lot of risk as well. Like I saw the other day, you could fly from San Francisco to Fiji direct for $550. So I was like, hmm, like, should I go to Fiji? So I, th I think, uh, you know, I, I would love to go somewhere either like Fiji, Bali. I think I would agree with Jenna. That's someone that's really high on, on my wife, Sonny's bucket list. Uh, somewhere I can do some, some good scuba diving, I think would be really what my intention would be. So someplace tropical. But honestly, I think wherever is going to be kind of safe. Yeah. I do want to go somewhere. So I'm keeping my eye on it. Uh, I guess this, this answer really wasn't very direct. But, um, you know, we'll continue to evolve pretty much on the daily basis. But I'm definitely scouring for sure. We're not getting a whole lot of answers out of a whole lot of people right now as it is. So we're, we're just kind of doing our best with what we have. For Alex Margulies, Chris Murray, and Anthony Resnick behind the scenes, I'm Brian Samudio. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on NSN Daily.